Welcome to Intrepid Media, the show for the business professional. Here, we're going to talk about business topics such as leadership, sales, marketing, HR, innovation, strategy, and technology. But we're also going to riff about lifestyle too and help you look better, feel better, and live better. This show is everything the modern business professional needs, from the C-level executive to the millennial. So let's get on with the show. Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick. Boy, you know, a lot of conversation out in the world about the importance of having a purpose and a vision and and how so many, too many organizations aren't really doing that right. They think they are, but they're really not. So this is going to be a very important conversation. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, say hello to my guest. Her name is Jackie Dryden. She is the Chief Purpose Architect with Savage Brands and the author of a new book, which we're here to talk about, called Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line and Build Your Brand on Purpose. All right, Jackie, welcome to the show. Good morning, Todd. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure's mine. I appreciate you carving out some time to join me. I know you're awfully busy and getting this new book launched, so excited to spend some time with you, Jackie. Before we get into a conversation around this book, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you, your background, and then give us that overview of Savage Brands. What are you doing and how you serve in your market? Okay. A little of my background is my entire career has been in the advertising agency marketing realm with an emphasis on design and creative direction. And I joined Savage Brands several years ago, which is a 40-year-old company that was started by a woman named Paula Savage. So it's not just that we're savages, although we are. We do have a namesake for Savage Brands. And it is a 40-year-old company that was always on the forefront of what was coming next. What was the next big idea? And where were things headed? So I had a conversation with them several years ago about this purpose piece of how we could actually improve companies and make them better companies by discussing things at a different level with them. And they said, why don't you come on board and help us do that? So that's what we're doing. Outstanding. All right. Well, let me ask this question. Now, I ask a version of this question with most of my guests because most of them have written a book on a subject by which others have written about. And so if you go to Amazon, say, and you type in, help me find my purpose or put people over profits, there's probably countless titles that talk about that idea. Why did the world need Jackie's version of this? That's a a perfect question because there is a lot of rhetoric right now about purpose. It's kind of the cachet. People are talking about it. And I think Simon Sinek kind of kicked it off with start with why, you know, why do you exist as a company beyond making profit? What we found was there was a void in helping people not only truly understand it, but how do you connect that with your culture? And how do you build a brand based on it? And what are the steps to making it happen? So this is kind of a, okay, I've got my why, now what? Or I think I have my why, but I'm not sure. And we have put together a not only the ideology, but the methodology for taking a company through the steps to building a purposeful culture. And we hadn't really found that. We found a lot of books that were about theory and ideas, which many of them are very good, but they didn't have the back end of 
All right, let's get down to execution. Well, see, that therein lies the problem. That's where most people fail. Now, the, most people think, all right, I'll draft a memo and I'll distribute it to the team. We'll buy a, a really cool new motivational poster to put over the front desk. We'll, uh, we'll change the logo and boom, now we're a company with purpose. That's not how it works. Why do so many organizations, not just businesses seeking profits, but every kind of an organization, why are we so bad at, at aligning purpose to, to our business, purpose to our culture? Why is that so hard? Well, I think you just said it, Todd. I think one of the misconceptions is that because I said it, everybody will follow it. And we have a piece in the book that we call Awareness to Advocacy, which basically says that there's several steps to building people that are loyal to a brand inside and outside a company, that awareness is step one. You said it. The second piece is understanding. Do I really know what you've said? Did, did it make sense to me? And then you kind of process it through, well, what does this mean to me and do I care? Before there's even trial and acceptance, finding out that it works. And then once you find out it works, you repeat that behavior. And if it continues to work, then you start going to tell other people, hey, this is great. Let me show you how this works. And most companies stop at the awareness level. Like you, I put up the poster. I sent out a memo. Now, everybody, let's do this. So how do you actually bring a culture along where they understand what it is you're talking about and they get to actually feel it working so that they can become engaged and believe that there's truth in what you're saying? Who is this for? Is this for the customer or is it for the employees? It's actually for our main target is people that are running companies because that's where the change is going to start. It's going to start with someone that says, I need to build a stronger culture. I need to build stronger connections with all of my stakeholders. Why am I not getting there? What are the missing pieces? Because what we have found is that unless this starts at the top of an organization, it's really nearly impossible to have it be fruitful and productive. All right. So the title of the book, Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line, uh, what's the inspiration for that? What does it mean? Well, it, it actually has to do with most companies make decisions based on one of two things. The first being, how could I save the company money? The second being, how can I make the company money? And if all of your business decisions are based on those two things, you're in essence saying everything that we decide to do is based on how we could impact the bottom line. So in Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line, we're saying that companies that actually operate with a well-articulated and strong purpose financially outperform others in their industries by 8%. So the financial component is a byproduct of operating with purpose. All right. Well, you just shared an actual statistic. Uh, how do we know that? I mean, how do, you, how do you actually do that kind of a study? How do you know when someone's listening to this, you may be a little bit jaded and say, oh, come on, Jackie, whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can write a, a, a nice book and it's got a cool title and all that. But yeah, this, this is about making money. How, how do you... I mean, how do you really know when when you're doing it right? I mean, I think that's the other problem is that someone may say, they may have good intentions and say, all right, I really want to try to do this because I do think there's value here. But how do you know when you're there? Well, I think there's a couple of things in there. The first of which is before we wrote this book, we did a lot of research and not just ourselves, but we read a lot. We studied what other people had said. And the statistic that I just quoted to you was from a Burson Marsteller research study that they did called Purpose and Performance Survey. 
So we have looked at who else is talking about this and what have they found. And one of the best resources is Firms of Endearment by Raj Sisodia and a couple of his cohorts, where they spent 10 years studying the companies that people wanted to work for and wanted to buy from. And they said, what are these companies doing? What actually is happening that sets them apart? And they found that companies devoted to a larger purpose than just maximizing profits for shareholders outperformed the S&P 500 by nine to one. That got our attention. Mm. We said, wow, there is a real financial component to this, but you have to realize that the financial part is on the back end of the equation, not what you set out to do. Is this a good time to do this? I, mean, I, I think that's a, it's a silly question, but because I, I think it's, it's mission critical to any organization to have a, a, a true purpose and, and to be thinking about something other than the bottom line. But is this a good time to do this? And if so, why? You know, it, it really is a good time. And I, there's never a bad time. Right. So some companies start with purpose. I mean, if you look at, at Zappos and Tony Shea delivering happiness, it's not about shoes. It's not about, I mean, who could think of anything worse than selling shoes online? Mm, mm. They've turned it into a culture that's about customer experiences. So some companies start with it. Most have it in the back of their minds, but somewhere along the line, the majority of organizations end up being about balance sheets and numbers, and they forget the reason that they started. There's a headline that I love that says, you don't open a bike shop to run a balance sheet. Yep. Open a bike shop because you love bikes right. and you want other people to love them. And so this, this idea of understanding purpose and figuring out how to align a culture around it is it's already there. We're not making it up or telling somebody else what they should stand for. We're helping them uncover it and get back to that true nugget of why they started the business. Can a business that has existed for a while that is struggling and they're they're maybe they're making money but no one's happy about it it's 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 work it's not a it's not a calling can a business that's that's down the road a bit can they can they turn it around i mean can you can you figure out i mean obviously if you start something from scratch yeah it's really smart to try to figure out and launch with purpose but can an organization fix this once they're out of the gate they absolutely can, and we have seen it happen. The challenging part is that it takes three to five years to actually morph a culture because you have to, once you find purpose, figure out who fits. Do our operations and structure and products and services align with what we say we believe in? And it takes time to kind of write that, make sure that you have the right people in the right seats. You may get rid of some people. We've seen executives leave firms and then bring the right people in. So there is a patience piece to this. It's not flipping a switch and we have our purpose, yay, we'll move forward. There's some grinding that happens in getting there. Hmm. Three to five years. All right, we're going to have to talk about that after the break. So Jackie Dryden and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. 
Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeetler.com. All right, I am back with Jackie Dryden, Chief Purpose Architect with Savage Brands and the author of a new book, Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line. All right, so right before the break, Jackie, you talked about that it takes three to five years to kind of turn a culture around and create one and live it and be sure everyone understands and buys into it. A lot of people listening are going to say, ugh. I don't. Have, I don't have time for that. I mean, how, you're right. I mean, every organization that I've ever been a part of or observed has gone through that process. It does take that kind of time. What do you say to someone who says, "I just don't know that I'm willing to do that"? I mean, I, how, how do you? Uh, that's got to be some of the problem here. Is that this is a hard process? I think that is absolutely true. And what we find is not everybody is ready for this right now. And we talk to companies and they go, yeah, I just don't think I can do that. We're in this tough place. We can't commit the resources or the time. And my answer to them is, okay, not yet. Because I don't think it's a not never. I think it's a not now. In fact, John Mackey from Whole Foods had said when he put his book out about unconscious capitalism, he said any organization that does not want to uncover and live their true purpose probably won't be around in 10 years. Now, that was a very bold statement. I don't know that I subscribe completely to it. But the point behind it was, okay, you're not ready yet. That's fine. But eventually, those companies who do this are going to be so dominant that other people will just fade away. I probably should have led off the conversation with this question. I think part of the problem might be that if you were to ask 10 people, all right, well, what's the purpose of an organization? you might get 10 different answers. How do you, when you have a mission statement, when you have this company vision and you created the quote values of the organization and and then then you're telling me, oh, I got to have a, have a purpose too. I mean, didn't I already do that with a mission statement? I think there's some confusion there and people don't recognize that those are a bit different, right? Am I, am I off there or am I, is that, is that a common problem? Help me understand the differences between all those different things and why a mission statement probably isn't enough. You, you have just nailed it. One of the key parts of this equation is that we talk to companies and they say, yeah, we've written mission, vision, and values. They're all really great. And here they are in our binder. And I said, well, are you making day-to-day business decisions based on those? And they look at me like I'm crazy. And we say, well, if you don't have a purpose, you're north, true north. If you don't have a why, if you don't have a solid reason of what you want to give to the world, not get on one end of it, And if you don't have behaviors on the other end telling people how to bring that purpose to life and how your values should be lived, then those those phrases end up being inert. They sit in binders, they languish on websites, or they're stuffed in some computer archive someplace, but they are not serving to drive the day-to-day business decisions a company makes. And if you want me to, I can kind of define the way that we use the terms. Would that be helpful? Absolutely. Okay. So we say purpose is why would anyone want to associate with your company? It's not buy the product. It's associate. Associate. Work for you, buy from you, provide services to you, be in your community. Why would they say, that's a company I want my name next to? And it's not really differentiating. Many many businesses have the same purpose. They're usually fairly lofty. They're usually fairly big. So when you get to mission, 
Mission is how you differentiate in the way that you deliver on your purpose. This is where you separate from competitors in the way that you attack it and approach it, and it starts to bring your style and culture in. Then your vision is how you see the world down the road that motivates others to want to take this journey with you. What is it that somebody says, yeah, I see that kind of world. Yeah, I want to be part of that. How do you motivate people to go with you? And then your values are those things that you hold sacred and that are necessary for infiltrating your culture with purpose. What is it that is imperative that people subscribe to? And then your behaviors are who you demonstrate yourselves to be on a day-to-day basis. Because everything before that can be perfect, but if it does not drive everything you say and do as a company, then it's not, it is not real. Well, I may ask my editor to just repeat that loop and have you <laughs> say that <laughs> twice in the interview because that was, I mean, it, it's mind-blowing when you, when you understand the differences between all those. You, they're, they're, they all are critically important, and there is a place for all of that, but they're not the same thing, and I think most people think they are. I think the other big issue, Jackie, obviously, as you said at the top half of the show, is the execution of this whole thing. Once an organization decides to to do this process and go through this process, and as you said, it does take it can take years. So, how do you start it? How do you begin to? So, again, it's not just distributing a memo and saying it one time and you're done. I mean, this is, in my view, it's actually a never ending process. I mean, that process of communicating all those different elements, specifically your purpose, I think is, is, is a full time, never ending role. Yeah. Perfectly said, Todd. That is exactly it. If you're not willing to commit to saying this is the way we are going to act and speak, and care for people from now forward, then you probably are not going to make it. It is a, it's a challenging process. We bring in the Costco bottles of aspirin and say, hang on to these, you're going to need them. Right. Because there are days that, it, that you feel like you're moving backwards, but it's much like watching your children grow. You don't see it every day, but somebody comes up to your family that hasn't seen you in six months and they go, oh, wow, look. And that's where you feel the impact of this when other people say, oh my gosh, look at, look at who you are now compared to who you were before in terms of the way that you treat your people and your customers and that you communicate and that you act on a day-to-day basis. Talk about how you communicate to the team. I think that's the hardest part in this is, is and there's different types of personalities that we got to deal with too, right? You got millennials who I think... I think they have an unfair reputation of being these job hoppers. And I think the very reason they hop around is because they're trying to find an organization that's operating with a a true purpose, a true north, as you said, versus boomers who may have a different, a different idea of what a company should be or an organization should be. Talk about that. I mean, there's different personalities, different types of people, but, and then shed some light on one or two ideas and how to just to really communicate this down. Todd, that's a great couple of questions there. I think that, yes, the millennials have come into the workforce in mass and they they have a huge voice. And they're basically saying, we're not just going to show up. We don't just want to mark time. We actually want to do something of value that we believe in. We'd like to leave at the end of the day believing that our job had meaning. So they're kind of bringing that dialogue to the table. And on the other end of the spectrum are the boomers. And 
the most idealist generation that came along that we're going to change everything, change the world. And then they ended up kind of conforming. And as they're leaving the workforce, they're saying, what kind of legacy are we leaving? How have we made the world better because we were here? And there's this renewed call to purpose on that end of the equation as well, that we want to stand for something and leave a legacy that we feel has made the world better. So that is, that's kind of an interesting conversation that's coming from both ends of the work spectrum that these two different generations, which would seem to be very opposite in many ways, they are coming together on this idea of purpose. And how this gets communicated internally is, I think we mentioned it earlier, that it's an ongoing process. It is not make an announcement and say, there, it's done. When companies are successful, we see the CEOs of the company having continual dialogue, sending out emails, blogging about it. If you look at Southwest Airlines monthly magazine that's in the airplane seats, you will see almost every single month there's a, well, every single month there is a letter in there, but you will see the idea of that airline's purpose mentioned in that letter every single month. In some way, shape, or form, it is in there. So we're looking at an airline that's been around for, you know, dozens and dozens of years, and they're still talking about it. Well, Southwest is one of those examples of an organization that you know operates with purpose. We've been talking about that for a long time, and there's a reason for that. Jackie, this isn't one of those things where you where you just say, all right, organization, you have to operate with a purpose. Now, go do it. There's there's an actual process here, right? As you or as you said, there's a method. Can you shed some light on and how that how that method looks, how that process is how, how does it actually take shape? It is three parts. We break this into the focus piece where we work with management to actually come up with the purpose, mission, vision, values, and behaviors to set the stage for what's to come. And interestingly enough, that's not something that we sit down and do in an hour. It takes four full days with an executive team to actually work through that. Then that focus is put through a filter where you do a deep examination of the organization that says, how are we structured what are the operations? How are they aligned with purpose? Do our products and services align with it? Does our organization actually have the tools and the people necessary to bring this purpose to life? And in that, there is a rollout to the employees where you say, this is where we're going. What kinds of questions do you have? And you begin a dialogue. And what you find is that there's pushback. People don't like change. They get scared of it. They get a little confused. And you continue to work with them and you start building your communications package that aligns everything you say and do and that is the fuse piece of it. So it's focus, finding out what you stand for, filter, figuring out how to build that culture, what pieces you have, what pieces you're lacking, and then fusing everything you say and do as a company to align with that purpose. Focus, filter, and fuse. Perfect. Well, and therein lies another big roadblock here is that this resistance to change. And, and frankly, a lot of people don't do this because of that. And, and then they keep those people on board. And that's, I think, if you have someone in your organization who is so bitterly resistant to change, I think that is, that's a signal to say this might not be the right person for this team. That's part of that filter process, right? Absolutely. You find out where the holes are, where the toxicity is. People say, that's not what I want to do. And then you also are onboarding new people. Purpose gives you this great opportunity to 
recruit, train, and retain the people that actually align with what you stand for. And what happens is kind of organically, some people just drop away. They go, that's not what I, that's not what I believe in. That's not why I signed on here. That's not what I want to do. And that's part of that three to five year process that it takes for some people to leave the organization, new people to come on. And that sort of solidifies that this is real and it's happening. And boy, does this make talent recruitment and retention a whole different ballgame when you are operating with purpose like this because it makes it easier to determine if these people are a right fit for the team. It makes it easy to, I think, retain them. But also you ultimately have signals with which you can read when they're not going to be a good fit. It just changes everything for an organization when you're operating this way, right? It really does. You start looking at people for the kind of people they are and not just their resume or CV. You stop looking at skills and you start looking at intention. And it becomes a different equation. Yes, you want to make sure that the person can perform the job, but what do they actually think? What's important to them? How is their life structured? And is this the right fit for them on a human level, not just a skills level? Yeah. Well, then it becomes fun, right? Then it becomes an enjoyable process. <laughs> then it becomes a calling versus going to work from nine to five. So changes everything. Well, Jackie, gosh, we only need about another three, four, five, six hours to continue talking about all the things we need to talk about with relation to this. Uh, but unfortunately, we're about out of time for today. Before I let you go, how can people contact you should they have questions? Where can they learn more about Savage Brands? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line? Okay, I will give my personal email is J Dryden, D R Y D E N, at savagebrands.com. Our website is savagebrands.com, and the book is available on Amazon. All right. Jackie Dryden, Chief Purpose Architect with Savage Brands and the author of the new book, Get Your Head Out of Your Bottom Line and Build Your Brand on Purpose. Jackie, a real pleasure. Thanks again for stopping by and joining us. Thank you so much, Todd. It was my pleasure. The pleasure was mine. All right. All the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Jackie Dryden, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you next time on Intrepid Radio. 